Today is a special episode that you helped me plan. Ask me anything. You send me questions over on Instagram and by way of email, and I will be answering those in today's episode. Some of these questions are STEM-related, but some are personal as well, and I am answering them all. So let's jump in. Welcome to the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast, a show that'll help you with lesson ideas, systems, and actionable tips to apply to your classroom. I am your host, Naomi Meredith, a former classroom teacher turned current STEM teacher and coach. With over a decade of experience teaching and a master's degree in STEM leadership, I am here to coach you throughout the year to help you gain back more time to create innovative experiences for your students. Grab your earbuds and let's get started. Thank you so much for submitting your questions. It was so much to read what you wanted to know, and there was quite a variety of things. They were so much fun to answer, and I always take notes before I record this podcast, so it's very reflective for me. A few of them had me stumped for a minute, so I'm definitely excited to talk about these and answer the things that you wanted to know. Also, I hope you enjoy it too. So we can definitely do another one like this again. I'm sure you will have more questions after I answer all of them. So let me know if that's something that you're interested in. Also, don't forget to join the waitlist for my virtual workshops coming in 2023. It will be a good time to learn and connect with other STEM teachers. And I definitely don't want you to miss out on this new opportunity. So jump in on that waitlist at naomimeredith.com slash workshop waitlist. Now let's get started on these questions. I'm going to read the question out loud. I'm not going to name names. I didn't ask if I could read your name. So if you asked it, you know who you are. And if you wanted to ask it, you know who you are. So let's jump in to these questions. Question number one is, what is your absolute favorite thing about teaching STEM? And what is your least favorite compared to a classroom teacher? So most of you know by now that I am a a former classroom teacher turned current K-5 STEM teacher and coach, and I taught in the classroom for six years at two different schools by choice. So second grade for two years at a Title I school, and then third grade for four years at the district I actually grew up in. So I taught in the classroom for six years and I wanted more of a challenge. So I took on this role as being a K-5 STEM teacher with zero curriculum and minimal tools. So here I am five years later in this K-5 STEM position. And I will say my most favorite thing of all is being able to teach all of the kids in the school. I'm not surprised by this because that's actually the main reason why I got into teaching K-5 STEM. I wanted to impact more kids than just my classroom of 24, which that is actually something I really do miss, um, is having your own little group of kids that you see every day. But I do love seeing all the kids in the school, and I love seeing them year after year because as a classroom teacher, you don't get that opportunity all the time to teach all the kids and have that relationship with them. Sure, you see them in the hallway. But it's really cool that my fourth graders now, I've known them since kindergarten, so I've really gotten to get to know them throughout the years, have them in my after-school clubs, just all of those really cool things that we have been able to build upon every year. My least favorite thing, and it also is dependent on the day and my energy levels, is 
when you are a K through five specials teacher, especially if you're teaching in that position all day, there were years that I would co-teach. So that was a really nice mix up. But the thing of being in the specials rotation is that you always have to be on. And that can be (laughs) very exhausting some days, especially when the days are like sunlight is getting shorter and I need some coffee when I get home. Like for real, I actually drink coffee when I get home from work. But always being on is a lot. It's like being the cool aunt hosting six birthday parties at a time. I have five to 10 minutes transition time depending on what classes it's in between. And I covet those 10 minute times. Sometimes I just need to sit there and decompress for a minute because I don't even know what just happened. (laughs) So it can definitely be a lot being on and you have to be excited and pumped up for all of the classes. Even if it's your fourth time teaching that group of kids, I always say that the first rotation, poor kids, especially if I've never taught it before, they get kind of like the worst version. And then I would say the third group of kids, the third time I teach the lesson, get like the best like version of the whole lesson. And then when you get to the fourth, I'm so over it. I want to move on. So you might be feeling the same thing. But I'm the kind of person you probably know by now. I will dive in and do everything at the best of my ability. So I am definitely drained at the end of each day. But those are my favorite and least favorite things. The next question is, how much time do you put into your job outside of contract hours? My first year teaching K-5 STEM was obviously a lot of work. And in a lot of ways, it felt like being a first-year teacher. So not only was I new to the position, I was in a brand new to me district. And I had to get to know the people, get to know the kids, learn how the school ran. So that was a lot in itself. So it really humbled me to learn and relearn some new things. So I would say my first year in the position, I spent a lot more time outside of work, preparing and researching and teaching myself how to use even some of the basic tools and even get to know my students what will work best for them. That first year, I was doing things with kids that I definitely don't do now. I had to build up simple things like learning how to log in, how to use Google Slides and Google Docs, just basic, basic things. And we are definitely in a different place now. So likewise, I was spending a lot more time out of work to get all of those things ready and make sure that I was prepared K through five because oftentimes my plan time was not enough time or is it really ever enough time, but it wasn't enough time for me to really have thoughtful planned out lessons. Of course, over the years, I have built upon those lessons. I have modified things. I have streamlined things. Uh, You even hear on this podcast how I live for systems and routines and structure And everything I teach, even that first year, is very purposeful, and I have a lot of meaning behind it. I am still testing out things and seeing what works and doesn't work, and that might even change class to class. So that self-reflection is super important to me to always be a better teacher, even a better teacher than the hour before. So the time I do spend outside of work is mainly business-related, which is STEM-related, which also impacts my job. in a good way. Um, But I will say I don't spend a whole lot of time outside of work working on actual school things. But when I do work on school things, it's often related to my after school clubs, mainly my school by news that I run where we record five days out and we have an episode come out every single day. 
Last year, I actually was editing majority of the videos on my own. I figured out how to have kids help me edit a lot more. So the time I spend outside of work is usually when it comes to a brand new unit that I need to revamp or when it comes to after school clubs. Okay, the third question is, what is my top or favorite STEM activity your students have tried? This is my most favorite one, and I love talking about it because this was definitely born out of absolutely nothing, and it was my whole unit that I love to start off the school year, STEM Survival Camp. I talk all about this in episode four, so if you want to hear it all in detail, I go through the whole thing and how I set it up. But basically, at the time, I was going into the fall of 2020, I needed a set of lessons that if my students were to go remote at any moment, we were starting off in person, I needed something where they could have materials at home and I wasn't sending home a boatload of supplies. So at the time, I was watching a lot of Alone with my teacher, Honey, and it's about these people who are sent off to the wilderness, they're extreme survivalists, and they have to literally survive alone. But if you keep watching the show, there's a lot of patterns of things that people have to do to survive. So from there, I created a whole K through five STEM unit of different challenges that are based off of the show and things that they could do to learn the engineering design process and start off the year in a fun way. So definitely one of my top favorites. I love that unit. The kids still talk about it. They love that unit as well. They always beg for it. They always ask if we're going to do it again. So that was a really great challenge to start off the year with all of my kids. Okay, along with that, there's a similar question, but different. And this one is, what do you think is one of the best engineering design process activities to do with kindergarten and first grade? So aside from STEM survival camp, when it comes to the engineering design process with these younger grades, I love doing things that are quick. So things that you can do within two to three days is a perfect amount of time, and they can actually go pretty deep within that time frame. What I will say is my favorite is doing things that involve makerspace with kindergarten and first grade. They are so creative and imaginative. They are willing to try anything, and I love how they believe in themselves, and they are so excited about what they build. And they still have that magic in them. So that is definitely my favorite type of project when it comes to engineering design process to do with those younger kids. And a specific lesson that I really have loved with my first graders you could do with kinder is where we talk about bioluminescence, where we talk about how living things give off their own light and they love, they're so amazed. They cannot believe it. I'm like, oh my gosh, these things do not plug in into an outlet on the wall. They don't have rechargeable batteries. They glow on their own. They're super amazed. And so like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. So we talk about that. And then students think of a living thing that they wish had bioluminescence. And then they have to create that item and then explain what that that bioluminescent part helps them with. So makerspace, definitely a winner. It can get crazy. But if you have systems and routines in place, it's totally a lot of fun with those younger students. Next question is, would you ever record yourself teaching the STEM K-5 through curriculum? As you know, I have built up my whole K-5 through STEM curriculum from scratch, which you can actually see the whole year-long plan at naomimeredith.com slash year-long plan. There are still some lessons on the way where I am perfecting those for you. 
but you know I've created those things and they are very detailed when it comes to the engineering design process. And it's a yes or no for me when it comes to teaching those and recording myself. No, I'm not going to record myself teaching every single lesson while in the classroom. I just want to make sure that I'm protecting my students' privacy. And when I'm teaching, of course, I'm saying their names and all of that. That would take a lot of editing. I feel like that's just a lot of pressure on me and also for the students as well, knowing that we are being recorded. So for me personally, I'm not going to record myself in my actual classroom. Getting overwhelmed with researching, planning, and teaching meaningful K-5 STEM lessons? It can be a lot of work, and I completely understand. When I walked into my brand new role at a brand new classroom with zero curriculum, over the years I've been developing a K-5 STEM year-long plan that is rooted in standards, the engineering design process, and station rotations. In fact, don't just take it from me, here's what other teachers are saying about these plans. Anne says, this was a very helpful resource for me as a new STEM teacher. I appreciate that I had activities for all grade levels. My students loved all of these lessons. Tara says, this resource is amazing. I love that these are challenges that have been tried in the classroom. One of the best things that I purchased. There are over 50 lessons already included in the bundle and it's growing. Everything new that is added, lessons, and updates, you will always get for free when you purchase today. As a bonus, I included a free digital teacher plan book that is made specifically for K-5 STEM teachers who have a lot of classes and plans to manage every day. It's easy to edit and gives you enough blocks to write in, unlike most paper planners out there. Being a podcast listener, I am giving you an exclusive $30 off code for the entire K-5 STEM bundle. You can grab the bundle at naomimeredith.com slash K5STEM and put in the code PODCASTK5 at checkout. However, I am planning forward and will be doing this for like kind of like a 2.0 version of the year-long plan where I want to create something where I am actually talking about the behind the scenes on how to set up each stage of the engineering design process, materials differentiation opportunities, and even how to set up some specific things. So I want to have that, but also I would teach where I would be teaching and you could even use the lessons with your students, or you could watch me and give you some ideas of how to relay that information to your kids. So it's a yes or no for me. So not completely no, but that is definitely something I have, of course, thought about I am making notes when I am teaching so I can hopefully create that opportunity for you. This question made me laugh and there was emojis on this one. Um, So this question was, do you have any kind of class reward for behaviors? Asking because my kinders are, they had some emojis on here and I'm going to just say cray cray. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of do. Kinder is crazy and I feel like for some reason this year they're even crazier. So at my school, we have a PBIS system where whole classes can earn a tiger paw. So they can earn this through specific behaviors that they represent as a class. So I talk about this in a past episode when it comes to behavior management. So I list all of those factors. So when they are crazy coming in, we review all those factors. Sometimes I'll even practice them coming into the room 
We will do a lot of hand signals like, if you can hear me, point to the ceiling. If you can hear me, hands on your shoulders, point to Miss Meredith, point to your ears so I'm going to listen really well. Fun fact, I worked at Build-A-Bear in college for a few months and I was that person who would be at the little like fluffer station where they had their heart. So if you haven't been to Build-A-Bear, it's a little creepy at first where there are these shells of bears. You pick out your shell. You could pick out a heart to put in your bear and you go to the station. They fluff up the bear. They literally put the fluff in. So I was the person at the fluffing station and I had to talk to the kids, a lot of them even kindergarten, where, oh, put the heart to your heart so it's extra loving like you. Put it to your brain so it can be as smart as you. So I kind of do those things with kindergarten and pay. It works well. So those little things are helpful, giving them our behavior incentive stickers or even any stickers in general. I don't give kids candy. That's not for me, but I am not against bribery. So if they're having a hard time, like if you're good, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, I have a special surprise. Sometimes a special surprise is the story bots singing some songs and they have some really great songs about space. So if you're doing a space unit, check it out. Highly recommend. I have most of the words memorized by now. Um, Another time the surprise was I'll show you the hole in my tooth. So one day I was eating oatmeal for breakfast and I thought I had oatmeal on my teeth, but it was a filling from when I was a kid. It fell out and I had a hole in my tooth that day. So the kids were in kindergarten being a little crazy and they cleaned up really, really fast because they wanted to see the hole in my tooth. So I let them, they all sat around me and I showed them the hole in my tooth and They were actually pretty good that day. So I'm not against bribery. If you can make it a surprise, super helpful. All right, next question is, how can I grow my STEM page? So this person reached out to me on Instagram. I just started this year and want to connect so much love here. I totally agree. I love me some teacher Graham, and I've met a lot of really cool people on there, including Kelly Hogan, who I recently had as a guest. And I also have future guests who I've also connected to on Instagram. So it's a really cool way to reach out, especially since most of us are the only STEM teacher in our building. So I love having that teacher gram aspect Instagram. It's been so awesome. I started my Instagram when I was a third grade teacher. I had another username and I just posted random stuff and it was super ugly. Scroll back to the bottom of my page. They're still there. You could see what I was doing as a third grade teacher, which I've always been all about hands-on learning and technology. So you'll see some trends in there. But definitely if you're looking to connect with other STEM teachers, go to some of your favorite accounts. You can go to mine and see who is following them and also who they are following. That's a great way to find other people in the STEM community. And you can comment on people's pages. You can send them a DM. Most of us teachers won't think it's creepy unless you are being creepy. So don't be creepy. I appreciate some good DMs and answering your questions so like this podcast, but that's a good way to get started and get connected and definitely share what you're doing in your classroom. That's a great way to connect as well and give help to other teachers and inspire them along the way. Also, I have so many things for you guys coming out. You're just super inspiring and I love creating for you and just bringing us together. But coming up soon, I'm thinking of ways that we can meet virtually and chat with each other. So obviously, you can tell I have a lot of things coming up in the future. So keep an eye out for that as well. Just join the wait list. You'll be notified about everything. 
All right, next question is a fun one, not stimulated, which is totally cool. When and where is your wedding? So some of you know, I got engaged on Christmas Day of 2021, and you didn't ask for this story, but I'm going to tell you. (laughs) So we were on a cruise. I had no idea I was getting proposed to. I knew he had a ring, but I didn't know I was going to get proposed to. I didn't think he wanted to travel with a ring, and that's a whole other story. So if somebody asks me that question, I'll do another ask me anything, and I'll tell you the non-engagement story. So anyway, he proposed. We were on a cruise with a couple of friends. And we had a great time. We went to a show and then we got a phone call that we were in close contact with COVID. There were still COVID protocols going on. And it was my friend. She had COVID. She was texting me. She didn't feel well and then got tested. So they told us we had to be in our room for about 24 hours. They'll come back and test us. So when they called us, it was midnight and we're like, okay, you'll come back at midnight the next day. Like, no, it's too late for us. We'll come back the next, next day. So it was 36 hours, but you know, when you get engaged, you have fun and you're celebrating and kind of don't really remember the whole conversation. So the next day we went out and got breakfast and then we heard our names over on the intercom at the boat and we had to go back to our rooms and there was security at the door (laughs) and we were locked up in a room for a while. So I learned how to make towel animals. We still do all you can eat, all the food and drinks and made the most of it. And here we are, we're going on a cruise again pretty soon. So that's how we got engaged. But our wedding is in June in Colorado of 2023. So super excited about that. It's at a winery that we really enjoy. So that will be a fun and beautiful time. I'm super excited. Next question, what is your favorite pen and marker? This is such a teacher question and I am here for it. Okay, my favorite marker, 100 million percent, are the Mr. Sketch smelling markers. I love how all they smell, but I I always wanted to be a teacher when I grew up, and all my teachers used the Mr. Sketch smelling markers. I would ask for them for Christmas. I just thought that's what real teachers use and write with. So when I got the call of my first teaching job teaching second grade, I ran over to Lakeshore Learning and bought myself a pack of Mr. Sketch smelling markers because that's what real teachers write with. So hands down, still my absolute fave. When it comes to pens, I'm not super biased. I leave kind of like some bad pens on my desk because people leave me notes all the time for about computers or whatever. So I do love a good flare pen. My handwriting looks really good in a flare pen, but I'm always open to other options. So you can hit me up with your ideas I tried the other day this really cool Inkjoy 300T pen. I was like, oh my gosh, this is beautiful. So not quite a gel pen. It was like in between. So love me a good pen. I don't like pencils at all. I actually don't even like sharpening pencils. I don't leave a pencil sharpener out in my classroom because I don't like the sound. So I'll sharpen pencils like once a month. (laughs) So yeah, that's where I'm at with the marker and pen situation. All right, a couple more. This is a good one. If you were a STEM teacher, what other career would you love to have? You might not be surprised by this, but I am definitely an entrepreneur at heart. I've always wanted to be a teacher, but even as a kid, I've always had this entrepreneurial side to me. I was the kid where, oh, no, no, we're not hosting a lemonade stand. We're going to upgrade this to a snow cone stand and have 30 different flavors. And the sign is going to match all the names of the flavors. I made a lot of money doing that as a kid. I even had the kids I nanny. 
do a snow cone stand and we made a lot of money. So I love me making some good side hustles. I even would set up garage sales for my family and wait out all day to make a couple bucks. I was the person in college. I paid my way through college. So I worked three full-time jobs, went to school full-time, paid my way through college, was debt-free when I graduated in four years. But I always had a lot of different side hustles to make ends meet. And I just love meeting new people and I love learning new things. So not surprising that I have my own teacher business and I love supporting you because STEM, there's so much to learn. And just even running a business, there's so much. So when it comes to a specific job, if I wasn't a STEM teacher, I think I needed to be a STEM teacher first, but I would love to be some sort of STEM coach, like being able to reach out to schools across the world and or even being a STEM consultant. So using my knowledge when it comes to being in the classroom and just having those opportunities to meet teachers like you in person and really merging those two things together, my passion for education and also entrepreneurship. So I think I would always be a STEM teacher at heart. I always thought I wanted to work for a magazine, which I thought would be really cool, but I think everyone wanted to work for a magazine. But I think that's what I would definitely do if I wasn't a STEM teacher. All right, last question. It's all about my little Freddy boy. So So Frederick is my 10 going on 12 pounds chihuahua mix. And I think he's so freaking cute. I'm so in love. And so these questions are about him. What's Frederick's story? When did you get him? And how did you pick his name? So Frederick is my first ever dog as an adult. And I got him in September of 2020. And he actually came with that name Frederick. And we loved it so much. He's looking at me right now because I keep saying his name. He sits and listens to me podcast. But we thought it was such a good big boy name for such a tiny little boy. He was seven pounds when we got him. And he lived on the streets for a week. He ran away from his family and they didn't want him back. So now he is our little fur baby and our his forever home. And so this leads into the next question that was asked, does Frederick have any brand deals yet? Okay, so Freddy Fred is the perfect dog for me. He does post for pictures and he is super photogenic. He doesn't have any brand deals, but if you want to reach out, you definitely can. Or you can go follow him on Instagram. It's at little Frederick the dog. And he's, I think he's cute. It's just a way for me to spam his account with pictures and not always spam you guys on my Instagram for him because I know not everybody's a dog person, but. You might become one when you see him. So no brand deals yet, but if you know of any, or if you want to connect, hit me up. All right. Well, thank you so much for playing along with me in this episode. Totally different vibe, but hopefully you got some good nuggets in there and had a good laugh um, while you are listening to this. You kind of get to see another side of me. Always a good time. It's always a little awkward sometimes. I'm just standing here in my office at home looking at my camera and talking into the microphone. So I hope that you had a fun time listening. I had a lot of fun with these questions. We definitely should do this again sometime. If you liked it, let me know. If you didn't like it, let me know. I don't ever have to do it again. So thank you so much again, and we will chat soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore or send me an email to elementarystemcoachpodcast at gmail.com. 
Also, make sure to check out my website, NaomiMeredith.com to see all the show notes from today's episode and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.